0: Relevant content for our members, by our members. This is TMC
1: Connect.
2: Welcome, everybody. Happy Friday. Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again uh, with The Rundown with Robin Rich, where we take you into the weekend uh, with all the latest and greatest from the mortgage industry. And the Boston native that uh, you're seeing me speak to is Brianna Ains, the VP of Product from SnapDocs. Brianna, thank you for joining us this week.
0: Super happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
2: And Brianna is going to bring lots of knowledge, great insight to the show. And My co-host who you normally see next to me, Rob Crisman, values the show so highly that yeah, he's got a he's on a flight that uh evidently lands in like 15 20 minutes. So he's going to be joining us likely deplaning from his phone. It should be a really shit show actually, but uh we'll see how that all all that that all plays out. And I, he may just be in his basement binge watching Yellowstone. He's been texting me nonstop. He, you know, he mentioned the show. I was watching it, and he, he was making fun of it for the first season or two. And and now season three was great. He's he got through that. He's he's all in. So he may just be in his basement binging Yellowstone. Are you a Yellowstone watcher, Brianna?
0: Oh, I'm the I'm I've done the binging too. I finished it all. Um, you know, it's it's entertaining, and some of the characters you've got. You know, Beth Dutton, I think is one of the best, where uh you know she's she's just hey, Rich. a powerful woman. Oh you've we've got
2: is that Rob?
0: I think we got Rob.
2: I am <clears throat>
1: I am not binge watching Yellowstone. I'm on a uh I'm on a uh, prop plane here at SFO. So don't say anything too bad about me.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's dedication. That's dedication. I thought you fly you, private. You on the plane. Private jet and pilot on that. <laughs> that is dedication. No, there's no i right, no scrap all that stuff anything. I said. Uh, all uh, right. Can, can you hear me okay? We can hear you. Yeah. Okay, great.
1: So, Brianna, thank you uh, for coming on, and, and I, will, uh, I will chime in occasionally.
2: Awesome. In Ozark. It comes back today as well. Another one one of my favorites. So a little TV talk to get things started, but uh, let's go ahead and get into it, Brianna. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. SnapDocs, I've told this story before, but pretty cool. TMC, one of many cool things about TMC, our board of directors is comprised of our lender members. So we are willingly and intentionally managed by our members and unlike other groups in the industry, that our preferred partner panel, our preferred partners, our preferred third-party providers, they are controlled by our members. And that is exactly how you guys came to us about a year ago. Just so many happy clients. I think we have close to 40 members of ours that are clients of yours right now. And uh, you guys have just really been doing some incredible things and in just digitizing the uh, e-close space, obviously, which is such an emerging part of the mortgage industry right now uh with some of your you know proprietary AI technology and the way you just kind of bring it all together for lenders cuz it is really a top of mind thing with lenders right now and uh you know we were talking a little bit earlier just a couple different camps of lenders that, the ones that have been way out in front of this and are just like you know already executing or waiting for the final chips to fall in place to do full e closes on everything or the ones and many of our members in this camp like the oh crap like we got to get it together soon cuz uh the future is coming so, but Brianna, thank you so much for joining us this week.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. We were talking about, we were, um, you know, Rich was asking me earlier about my thoughts on the impact that the pandemic's had on um, digital closing adoption, and I do think it's had a big impact on pulling the industry forward. We were talking both from a legislation standpoint, but also in terms of lenders actually adopting the technology, so we see. There are many lenders that got way ahead of it that implemented digital closings in 2018, but then a big tranche that did it in 2020 and have been scaling it out. And maybe they've got hybrids um, going where a portion of the documents are e-signed. Um, and so their big goals now are the full going to a full e-close. So starting to adopt e-notes at scale, get that benefit, um, moving into RON at scale as well, um, be able to offer their borrowers that end-to-end experience. And then we've got the whole camp that's now like, okay, a lot of the market has moved. I need to catch up. I need to stay competitive, um, both from a borrower experience standpoint, but also uh, with my operational efficiency as a company. So yeah, totally have seen those two camps. So if you're in either one, you're not alone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and yeah, I want to dig deeper on a lot of that stuff you just mentioned uh, in time here. So uh, looking forward to the conversation. Rob should be deplaning again in like ten or fifteen minutes, and could be joining us maybe on video. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, Brianna, let's start uh, the show today with some positive news. The MBA's weekly application index report uh, really provides great insight into the kind of real time, uh, just color and flow of what's going on in the industry and. Uh, the most recent period, the week ending Jan 14, purchase apps up 2.3% from the week prior, despite the fact rates just keep going up. Uh, a couple things of note from the report outside of purchase apps being up week over week, which I thought was encouraging. Average loan size, 418,500. I remember the conforming loan limit used to be, it was 4.17. I looked it up today for 11 years. From 2006 to 2017, the conforming loan limit was 4.17. Now the average purchase amount this most recent week, 4.18.5, it just obviously speaks to what's going on with home values in America and purchase demand being still very robust.
0: Yeah, I mean, not surprising that that average loan sign hit the the limit if you look at how much home prices have gone up in 2020 and 2021, I think if you bought at the beginning of 21, you were, you were like, Oh no, am I buying at the top? Is this a good investment? And now everyone's like, Oh my gosh, you were lucky you got in during that and have seen that that up.
2: I've been chronicling it on this show. I bought a house in May and was terrified. I like I'm in the industry. I host a show. I should know what the hell I'm talking about. I thought for sure I bought at the top and was going to get screwed, but my house is worth like 30,000 more than what I bought it for like seven months ago. So uh, sometimes you get lucky, I guess. So
0: same boat we bought in January and ours is up 17%. It's crazy. Yeah.
2: The conforming loan limit, though, I looked it up today. It was 417 for, it It didn't change for 11 years in a row. <clears throat> and then in, in 2017, it went to 424, 453, 484 in 2019, 510, and 200. 2020, 548K in 21, and then goes up 100,000 this year, 647,000 in some of the high balance conforming markets, almost a million dollars, but it' a little surreal. It seems like there's another shoe that has to drop here somewhere, but uh, we'll see what happens in, in Chronicle it uh, week by week. But uh, from a year ago, looking at that same purchase index, Overall applications are down 37.3% from the same week in January in 2020. Purchases were down 12% year over year. Refi is down 50%. Your general thoughts on the business climate uh, as we head into a year that uh, has, you know, definitely some uncertainty is off to somewhat of an uneven start with rates being higher and uh, coming off a couple crazy record years.
0: Yeah, I think this is a time where, I think lenders start to think, oh, do I actually get rid of technology or do I invest in technology to maybe help drive down my costs? And I think when the market slows down is exactly the time to invest in tech. Um, look for ways that you can do more with less. But you also have a little breathing room. Like We talked to customers in 2020 that really wanted to do digital closings, but they just didn't have enough time. They were just trying to keep up with loan production. Um and so now's the time not to necessarily cut back an investment, but be smart and double down in the areas that are going to really move your business forward. Um, and I also think it brings up the question of um, making sure that you keep your costs in line. And a lot of technology can help you reduce your operating costs, which helps you um, in an environment maybe where... The overall loan production isn't at at levels that 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 they were in in 2020 and in 2021 when it was more printing money, and I think another interesting dynamic is you know uh, the impact on technology has on employee performance and 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 sentiment, and uh, with declines like this, you might expect more loan officers to become available. You want to capture that that talent, and so making sure that you're modernizing your, your tech stack. And what we see with digital closings, you know, some people think, oh, it's just e-signing. Is that really gonna make my employee experience better? But really when that type of technology is done right, it, it actually transforms your closing process for everyone on your team and brings a level of transparency to loan officers that were maybe previously sending countless emails to know the status of things and where things were going. And if settlement had, had completed the signing, um, or the closer needed to chase down documents and make sure the notary got updated redraws. And so digital closing can really streamline all of that and bring the level of transparency into what's happening with the closing, make sure that the right documents get to the right people. So I think with this climate, it's actually a good time to start to look at that employee experience, what's making you inefficient. And if you have the time to do some good technology due diligence to figure out where you're headed and, and what would be good for you to in, invest in next.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I've never seen a level of activity, our members adopting new vendors and new tech, like I have these last four or five months and going forward and Rob, there he is. Rob, what uh, airport are you, you in the, the home front, uh, San Fran? Hello. Can you hear us? I can hear you just fine. All right. So you're in the is at the San Francisco airport? Are those snowflakes in the background there? At, uh are you a 49ers fan? We've never talked about this. That's the that's the local pro team, I yeah. think. Yeah, because you're a big Golden State Warriors fan, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I but I but uh Brianna the last thing Brianna wants to talk about is you know, 49ers. I grew up a Packers fan. Did you? So I'm a little bit torn uh, heading into mm. the weekend, but I wanted to ask Brianna. Yeah. Um, one of the you know I travel around, talk to different companies and so forth, talk to various people, and to me, electronic closing, electronic notaries and so forth and so on, make all the sense in the world. What what is the what is the what reasons do you hear that that are against it and how do you coach a, a company trying to talk its staff or talk its local title companies into going along with it?
0: Yeah. I think the biggest thing um, that people that gets in the way of people actually adopting it is they think, well, it's not valuable until I'm doing a fully electronic closing where I'm closing over webcam with a notary, remote online notarization and includes an e-note and so, and the whole industry doesn't accept e-notes and the whole industry doesn't accept Ron. so I'm not gonna do it yet. Um, And and what we we teach people and tell them is that, well, there's value in digital closings beyond just doing a RON closing or even an e-note in transforming your closing process to have one way to interact with settlement even doing a hybrid closing, you can offer a better borrower experience. Um, we've seen um, closing appointments go down from an hour and a half to 20 minutes. And it, it brings, we've seen even with hybrids, people saving two days um, before they've, they've um, on save, selling it to investors. So there's value in in rolling out digital closings before you can do it everywhere. The key is making sure that you've got a strong, eligibility engine and an understanding of where different types of digital closings are applicable so that you can kind of go as E as you can be uh, where you want it to be. So we help uh, customers with that. We've built that sort of technology to help customers understand uh, that that digital readiness across their loan portfolio. So that's probably the biggest hangup that we we see from people And then when they get into worrying, okay, well, the closing settlement has always controlled the transaction. Um, We've always relied on them to get the documents signed. Are they gonna really adopt this new technology? Um, And the key is making sure that you find a digital closing partner that ensures that they've got a workflow that works for settlement because they are a key part of the transaction. And so um, asking the technology company if they have an existing settlement network on their platform, how, why are they engaging? Is it a really easy experience for them to know what to do? What are the adoption rates? Um, and so we've invested a lot of time uh, in in building out a settlement network. Our company got started actually with notary scheduling. So settlement companies have been using it to find and schedule notaries for you know um, over five years now. And so just... Moving naturally into the other part of the closing and making sure borrowers e-sign documents was really straightforward. And we've made sure that we've designed our user interface so that it's really easy to onboard new settlement agents without a huge training um, and really look to make to provide a good experience for them. Um, So those are probably the two things. There's value um, before you even get to a fully digital closing. And, you know, with the right technology platform and partner and approach you you will have your partners adopt, adopt so an like two, six, right. six
2: uh, one adopt other question
1: the follow-up board question board now that 8, i can see 20 you can you hear me okay because they're, they're
0: yeah they're calling a flight hopefully it's not yours
1: <laughs> no i just landed i i slipped the pilot rich a, a crisp five dollar bill and said hurry it up
2: you know <laughs> you know i can't believe the security has not taken you down without a mask in the uh, well, airport there california I, TSA
1: TSA people don't make much and I've got a roll of quarters in my pocket. So case okay, somebody please. comes by uh, Federal regulations uh, require that all so Brianna, do you have a picture of Aaron proposing to his fiance your on your roads, on the back on your back wall there? Uh, oh, you, oh my god,
0: I wish I did. I should have done it. Yeah, our CEO Aaron just got engaged and it was they were travel. phenomenal photos. They were hiking on this mountain. He's super outdoorsy. He's been skydiving 600 times and or 6,000 times and all that. So, oh, man, the pictures are awesome. But no, I, I was telling Rich earlier, I really upgraded my background for this. They turned off the Internet at my house earlier. So I'm at my father-in-law's house. So he has a very regal office that I'm in right now.
2: Uh, Meeting with the, uh, senators and presidents. And,
0: yeah, and, yeah I think it's behind me somewhere.
2: Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> Well, that, that, Brian that's the thing we hear from our members. Uh, I, I remember in uh, what I was saying is before Rob popped on is the just the the adoption, lenders adopting new tech and new partners. Like I knew it would start to happen. Lenders were so busy for a year and a half, and it was tough to do anything, and started to slow down. And but I was caught off guard to the level it was starting to happen in September when we had our network together uh, at Tyrannia for our conference, and just the activity that we've seen and saw since then. It, uh, it really, and, but, and a big part of it is something you mentioned, something that was also very hard for mortgage lenders to do uh, th- these last couple of years is recruit new loan originators. I think they had to recruit and add new ops people just to get through the crush of business, but very, very little MA, very little movement of salespeople across the industry. And right now what we're seeing is insane amounts of it. And uh, But that's a big part of it, too. I've talked to many of our CEOs that that's part of their motivation to be so aggressive on, you know, getting their tech stack completely upgraded because they're showing it off and they're talking about it to recruits that they're trying to get to come over to their company. And that has to be something you're hearing all the time from, from your customers as well, right?
0: yeah and maybe talking about loan officers the other aspect to, that maybe think of an answer to rob's question i think the other fear that lenders have is that their loan officers won't adopt a digital closing you know there's some old guard you know oh i we've been doing it this way for a long time um you know i want to make sure that technology doesn't mess things up it should make things better Um, And a lot of lenders have decentralized operations, right, where they put a lot of power in the branch hands and determining the technology that they use. Um, And so we spend a lot of time making sure that loan officers understand the value I talked about earlier, the transparency that they get, the confidence that it will close on time, the fact that it can close faster and it's this better borrower experience. And then our biggest advice for lenders and where we've seen the best success is you know, they try it, they make sure they get proof points of that value that they can share with the field. And then they turn it into an opt out, right, where they actually just turn it on everywhere. And and the transactions default to the most digital way that they can be. Um, And I've even seen lenders implement, you know, you've got to go up the chain to your manager to sort of opt out of having it be a digital closing. And then that's where it transitions the process for everyone. um, And you start to really feel those benefits. So Um, definitely have seen this dynamic of, of wanting to attract loan officers, but then also on the other side, making sure that they understand the value of this new technology and it actually does drive value for them.
2: This is the rundown with Robin Rich and Rich Swarinski with the mortgage collaborative joined as always by Rob Chrisman and this week, Snapdocs VP of product, Brianna Ings and uh, some other news that came out this week. uh, Our girl, Sandy, this is, this is new news, Rob, the, the, the GSC.
1: I'm not, um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not done asking Brianna questions Jill, though yet, though yeah. Well, one last question. Right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Brianna, what, what's next? I mean, what what for 2022, what do you have in the hopper that you are able to share with with the group on the phone here in terms of, you know, I, I always make jokes about, you know, you go in the go in the drugstore and there's, you know, et cetera, and aspirin, new and improved. You know, it's like what's wrong with the old et cetera and aspirin that it was old and uninteresting. Un, 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 so so what do you have in the hopper that you know your uh, users can expect next?
0: Yeah. Um, no, it's the extra, extra, extra strength ad ball, right? they just right. keep adding extra to it. <laughs> Um, So there's three major things that we're investing in. So a lot of, we're a digital closing technology company, but we also have AI technology and we really focus on problems where there's a lot of fragmentation between participants. So as a lender, you work with thousands of title partners. So one is we're investing in, we have a big partnership with MISMO to build out an eligibility engine really for the industry that collects all of the complex eligibility requirements from investors, warehouse lenders, servicers, um, title underwriters, settlement companies, so that it can uh, a- automatically determine how EU can be, right? So that you don't need to worry or think about compliance and always close the most digital way possible. So that's uh, one big investment. The other is understanding that every closing isn't going to be able to be fully digital, digitized right now and probably for a number of years. And errors are a real problem in the industry. They're costly. Um, they, uh, both from a borrower experience standpoint, but it's time consuming to check for them, right? People have manual QC teams. And so we're, we've, uh, launched an early version of a closing quality control product that will actually use our AI to automatically scan all of the signed documents, make sure all the signatures are correct. All of the data is consistent so that you don't need to QC it yourself and be confident in the accuracy. And then the third is we've had a lot of success in helping lenders collaborate with settlement at closing. Um, One way to interact with them, one way to receive documents back. And so we're expanding that interaction with settlement earlier on in the transaction with ordering title and vetting the settlement company to make sure that they're compliant. Um, So making sure that we actually collect all of the initial title report, credentialing, and automatically review it and put together the summary report for your processing team. So those are the three areas, help people know how easy they can be when they can't still give them that that guaranteed quality of the transaction and expand the points of connection with settlement. Um because we've seen so much success there.
2: And uh yeah, like the you're right because and that's what we've heard from lenders too, like the LOs, some of them. I, I you know, although at this point how short sighted do you have to be as a loan originator if you're not fully embracing e-close and vendors like SnapDocs that are going to make that easier. But maybe it's the refi loan officers. I don't know. But uh,
1: you also have the municipalities as as one listener wrote in. It it is, you know, you're dealing with uh, Susie Susie or Frank, you know, clerk who's been there 25 years and who's still using a yellow pad, paper, whatever clerks use in in recording. Yeah, it's just, I, I would think, as a quick aside, my son Ravi worked for the state of Texas one summer when he was going to UT. And he said, after that summer, he worked for the water board, the state water board. He said, I, he will never work for any government institution ever again, uh, just because of the way, the way they think and so forth. So I would imagine the municipalities, I mean, there's thousands of counties and so forth around the nation and to have to convince each one to use this, I imagine is
2: quite a task. Is that where your love of water stacks comes from? I thought at first you said that he was waterboarding people. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably You're watching um, too much Yellowstone.
1: Sometime I'll tell you a funny story about him golfing during his summer with
2: the Texas waterboard. <laughs> Too funny. But but clearly, this is the way things are going with just, you know, everything going. e. I mean, this week, Sandra Thompson, FHFA, uh, came out finally and green-lighted desktop appraisals on some purchases, 90% and under, starting March 19th. And kudos there, because that's something she talked about right after, you know, getting in the office. And the history on these things in the past has been, you know, things that made sense that have been talked about by housing leaders and officials don't happen or they just take forever to happen. So kudos to her for rolling out, uh, you know, what is a real make sense, uh, you know, uh, change for the industry. And um, you had some also some comments in the chat, uh, just in general about the efficiency of uh, closings, even hybrid closings and um, that, uh, also somebody asking about what to look for with a point of sale vendor that will will work well, Here with stand
1: by, 15 and, uh,
2: so brings up a broader point in general, in our industry, integrations between vendors has been a nightmare, you know, for a bunch of reasons. You have one LOS vendor that had big super market share and, you know, they're trying to build a moat around it and, you know, it, it and other things too, that, the evolution of tech in our industry was kind of delayed. And um, it's just been a really sticky thing. It seems like it's getting better, but I'm just making an observation from the outside. How has that progressed in general, Brianna, just in general, mm. leading vendors like Snapdocs working with other leading vendors in the industry to kind of seamlessly integrate with one another?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what we all need to do, right? If 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 we don't do that, then lenders in the ecosystem are just going to end up with, you know, 15 different tools that they need to log into, to, to manage a single transaction. And so we have seen a shift. Um, you know, you we've seen some of the major LOSs like Ellie Mae and black Knight have started to open up their APIs. Um, and we have a very open API first mentality to how we build our product. Um, and invest a lot in integrations and making sure that it's connected to your origination system, to your point of sale, to to production software. Um, And the real key thing in making, if you're kind of wondering, oh, I really have these two technologies that I want to talk to each other, customers. That's what what encourages technology vendors to do it. So um, we found as long as there's sort of joint customers or potential customers that would find a lot of value in the connection and they'll sponsor the integration in in a sense of we'll use it, we'll engage on it, Um, then then partners will engage. Uh, To the specific question of, oh, how can I find a digital closing solution that works well with point of sale? I think the key thing that lenders are always thinking about is I don't want to create another account for my borrowers. I don't want them to create another username and password. And so there's um, digital closing platforms that, um, and we're one included that has Integrations where it's connected through to the point of sale, they don't have to log in again. It's um, they can even navigate there from the point of sale. Um, and then there's also creative ways that you can do borrower authentication from a digital closing standpoint, where right? borrowers don't need to create another login. They just receive a you know two factor authentication code to their phone. And so I'd focus more on all right, what is that end-to-end borrower experience going to look like um, when you're evaluating digital closed vendors and make sure that it meets your requirements of you know, having your right branding that matches earlier on in the transaction, making sure they don't have to create another account. Um, so that's what I'd, I'd recommend looking for. And, and to your point, Rich, there is movement in the industry and it's all driven by customer demand. So speak up.
2: Yeah, that's the best advice is yeah, talk to your vendors that you want to see your other vendors and partners integrated with because that's what drives it all. Like even talking about Ellie May, I mean, you know, they they were that was the only way to get traction with them like four or five years ago was when they that bubbled up enough. Now it seems like out of necessity, they're they're starting to play a little bit nicer, but uh, it, it seems like there's been progress there and it's good to hear that uh, you that are right in the middle of it kind of validates that. So a uh, question that came into the chat, Brianna that uh, says, I'm new to the industry and Washington State approved RON back in 2019. There's so much information available. Is there one place to go to find out about supplies needed and where to go to get experience?
0: I'm assuming, Julie, you're asking about So how could I get ready to do RONs and what do I need to do? Um, Well, a lot of digital closing providers have provided white papers and information that really walks you through the process of how you actually get ready to do digital closings. So if you go to our website, we actually have one. I'll try and grab a link to it for you. That is just a white paper on, okay, I want to do digital closings. What are the steps to do that? And we link to all of the different materials. But the short of it is for you on the lending side is you want to work with uh, first a digital, find a, a digital closing technology vendor um, that that you can work with that will, will take you through that process. You'll need to establish your e-note process because the promissory note is going to be digitally signed and you need an e-vault, um, and then uh, you you end up working with your, your title partners to... Uh, use the Ron technology provider and platform that you've established to do those webcam signings. So um, I can send a link. I'll put it in the chat to sort of a white paper that walks through all of this. Um, But I think digital closing vendors are the best place to start because we've got tons of experience in walking lenders through this whole end-to-end process from I don't do any digital closings today, I just do pen and paper, wet signings, and I you know, even email the documents to settlement too. I want to get to that path to fully digital closings. And we've got teams of experts and professionals that will help you and also technology that makes it really easy to do that.
2: A couple other notes in the chat, just about e-close in general, the efficiency of it, the speed of closing, uh, some of our attendees kind of attesting to that. And, uh, yeah, if somebody can uh, link the, uh, the page on your guys' website that has all the resources, I think that would be a good thing. There it is. All right. In the chat. Thank you, Tyler. So, <clears throat> uh, Brianna, what else are you hearing and seeing out there as we get into the year? What, you know, mergers and acquisitions is a big thing. LO recruiting just in general. Uh, winning purchase business with refis, you know, rates now 3.6, 3.7, 30 year fixed really almost a, a thing of the past, uh, equity in houses and ways lenders can tap that. Anything in there, like just your clients, what you're hearing, seeing and feeling on the ground, uh, talking to, to your lenders on a daily basis?
0: Yeah, so um, one big thing is, is lenders are gearing up for this shift from heavy refi transactions to more mix of purchases. And there's one thing that they're, they're really thinking about, which is the dynamic in the, the settlement partners that they work with. So in a refi world, obviously there's many lenders that even have captive title companies that they use for their refi transactions, or they have these really tight strategic partnerships with title companies. So they can rely on those partnerships and establish processes. Sometimes they even have integrations with the title production software because of the depth of their relationships. But when you enter a purchase market, now all of a sudden, the settlement company you're working with is at the whim of the real estate agent or borrower. And so you're going to start to see more settlement partners that you're working with for the first time or really infrequently. Um, And so the the big thing that, that we help them with is making sure that you've got, regardless of if it's, you know... Susie settlement that you just are working with for the first time or, you know, someone from first American title, that's your strategic re- refi partner. You've got a six, uh, consistent way to to collaborate with that settlement partner. And that's actually another thing that digital closing providers can, can help you with is um, your process with settlement turns from sending dozens of emails, text messages to all of these different people, chasing things down into one single way that you interact with settlement. You send documents one way, you receive them back, you've got transparency into the transaction. And so that really takes out the stress of, oh, I'm going to purchase. How's that going to impact my operations with the vast number of settlement partners that I want to work with? I want to still provide this Um, consistent experience for my borrowers? Um, How can I do that without the control of my refi partners? So that's one big trend that we're seeing is this sort of gearing up readiness.
2: This is the rundown with Rob and Rich. Rich Twervinsky with the Mortgage Collaborative, uh, joined as always by Rob Chrisman. And this week, SnapDocs VP of Product, Brianna Ings. And that's the thing that we constantly hear from our members just in terms of their either trepidation Uh, or issues is uh, with e-close is consistency amongst settlement partners. So many different settlement partners out there of varying aptitude, uh, you know, so many moving parts, obviously such a huge part of the process, the closing of the deal and the funding of the the loan. And when everybody makes money and gets paid and, um, and, you know, that, that is why, you guys got brought to us is because we had members that we talked to that made us feel like you guys were a big part of that solution, like bringing that all together, uh, which was really, I mean, still to some degree now, but much more so seven, eight, nine months ago, kind of the wild west with e-closes and lenders trying to manage all these different settlement partners and the change to the process and the way that they used to do it and like to do it and all the 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 moving parts that go along with that so good to hear that progress is being made on that front and and in large part due to companies like you guys so uh let's see what else do we have here um new construction uh how there's some good numbers that came out this week uh housing permits and uh, uh starts were it was a record year for uh housing permits and starts this year but I think that's just really a byproduct of a bigger market. feels like the construction market is still impeded a little bit. The price of lumber is up again now. We actually just got a confirmation. The National Association of Home Builders CEO, Jerry Howard, is going to be coming out to uh, Tyrannia to uh, address our members uh, live Tuesday morning. We also have our girl, Sandy T. Sandra Thompson from FHFA uh, keeps making it happen. She's going to be out as well, speaking on Monday morning. So, a couple of nice big name keynotes uh, for our upcoming conference, March 19th to 21, at the uh, fabulous Fontainebleau Resort, uh, South Beach, Miami, Florida. Maybe if one of our team members could link uh, the link to our conference page in there, but uh, really looking forward to that. But a session that we do at conference, and we did a virtual version of it. Uh, in December, we call it the $100,000 hour. And we collect all the best cost savings ideas from our members, we open up like a submission portal, we compile them, assess them, pick the best ones, and then have the lenders kind of present them scattershot. The goal is we're going to find we're going to make an ad like a billion dollar a year lender, we're gonna show them how to save $100,000 a year uh, in cost savings tips that aren't commonplace things. And uh, one of the Things that came up in that session in December was going fully e-close. And one of our members quantified the cost savings from closer efficiency and closer productivity pickup that they were able to quantify uh, and then reduced time to close, which means less time on your warehouse line, less time you got to hedge that loan. Any of the capital markets nerds out there know that, hey, you can close loans two, three days quicker on average uh, the hedge cost on that uh, over the course of a full year uh, can be pretty compelling. So, uh, is that? Uh, do you have? Are you, have you guys been able to quantify it all? Like for clients of yours, like how much quicker they're closing uh, by being a part of your platform?
0: Yeah. Um, so we've seen um, a, somewhat of a range because it depends on the way that the the company operates, but we've seen lenders experience up to $600 in loan savings. um, And and we see sort of uh, an average of $100 for hybrids and 200 for e-notes, but we look at it across a few categories. With e-notes in particular, you you get the benefits of um, immediately receiving the the promissory note back, right? You don't have to wait for it to come back into the mail. And so that's where you can see up to four or five days saved on the warehouse line. even with hybrids, where you're having a portion of the documents e-signed, because you're able to do QC faster, those docs are still getting scanned. Even the wet-signed docs are getting scanned back. We've seen a two-day reduction in in dwell time to to get it off the warehouse line. So um, those savings uh, are are quite substantial. Um, and then just the the savings cost of manual labor and time to do things. You know, I've um, sat next to a closer before, and and they've and they've said wow, I wouldn't even know what to do if a paper document came by my desk again. And so that efficiency of not needing to go through through manual paper. So yeah, we've seen, um, I was just looking at a case study from one of our lenders that's saving about $450 alone, actually from, from the transition to the process.
2: That's significant. So that's good info. Thanks, Brianna. And uh, Rob, where are you coming back from? Uh, where were you in Florida? I think you said. Orlando. Orlando, go see uh, Mickey. I uh, saw our company, the mortgage firm down there. We had a uh, sales, yeah.
1: sales conference and uh, everybody's in a good mood. And of course, ap- after having come over, come uh, through 2021 and, and 2020. And, you know, they're optimistic for 2022. They're talking about changing the conversations, you know, loan officers, being able to add value and refresh their referral base and highlight the advantages that being human has, or I should say have over, you know, internet-based lending.
2: So it's a different world because, you know, a good friend of mine, Sean Hanley is actually on the line. He did my loan and I was talking with him about this. He's always sat like in realtor offices and, but there's, not realtors aren't really going into offices as much anymore so the way that you procure referral business is really changing dramatically it's not you know bringing the donuts into the realtor office or renting a, you know a desk or an office and in, in the realtor space and uh, you know obviously more stuff is being done online now so and at the same time you're gonna have more oversight over marketing services agreements and formal if it's joint ventures or MSAs with realtors and realtor broker owners. So it's going to be, and and you're going to have this fervor for purchase business. It's the type of climate coming off all this refi and a big drop off in volume where lenders start to do irrational things to win purchase business. Yet you've got a regulatory infrastructure right now that it's going to be much more risky to, you know, to be aggressive and, uh, reckless or borderline reckless, so be you interesting.
1: The board, oh, I I for-
2: so, um, <clears throat> what about Brianna? The other thing I wanted to touch with you on something that's come up with our members as of late is just you know I think that lenders we, and we still have some that want to bring everybody back to the office, and we're we're actually doing a cool session at our Miami conference. We're going to do a moderated debate. I'm the moderated debate, like presidential election debate style. We're gonna have three lenders as the panelists, one that's gonna be debating on behalf of everybody in the office, one that's gonna be debating on behalf of everybody remote and one that's gonna be debating on behalf of the hybrid model where, where most of our members are for sure. But you know, I think the general, all these different you know strains and waves of the never ending pandemic, like mo- most have given up on like the everybody's coming back to the office full-time thing. And, uh, you know, and so uh, th- that plays a big part in just recruiting and retention of people with everybody all over the country. And, uh, you know, some have talked about like alternative work weeks now. Is that anything? I don't know. Are you guys all remote at SnapDocs? I like, I, what, how is that working? Um, any thoughts on like the alternative work? It's a little tougher to do in the mortgage industry because things got to flow each day. But we have some, a lot of members I've heard the chat like going, like allowing employees to go to like, you know, four 10 hour days, or even like three, you know, whatever it is, 13 longer days. So.
0: Yeah, well, from the, you know, we're still fully remote. um, And that was something I was actually shocked to see. I'd I'd been adamant that if we were going to grow, we should have multiple offices versus be fully remote. But then, you know, COVID hit, you needed to go fully remote. And we were super productive. Um, and so we're still that way, especially with the Omicron surge, we even canceled any, um, sort of big group travel and things like that. Um, and our whole philosophy is to, you mentioned that you're going to set up a debate with three people. Our whole approach is give people choice. So people can choose to be fully remote in the office full time. You know, maybe if you've got kids at home and you want to get into the office or a hybrid where you're able to come in a certain, um, set of days in the week and, um, we're seeing for the most part the tech industry um, is adopting that sort of flexibility. you need to choose which one you want to go with but from big tech companies like Facebook and um, and those uh, they're they're introducing that level of choice and so it making sure that you're staying in the loop on what others are doing is super important to make sure that you maintain your, advantage or kind of competitive advantage in the talent marketplace. Uh, we also have talked about more flexible work weeks with, you know, people being able to take off, you know, every other Friday or something like that. We haven't made any, any firm decisions, but I do think that companies are getting more creative with their sort of workforce management philosophies. And, uh, you need to stay in the loop on, on what that is to make sure that you're competitive in the talent marketplace, and I've seen that on the lending side as well, where our lender customers are also starting to get creative and flexible with with how they let their teams operate, and that's another reason why certain types of technology are important to invest in that enable you to uh, maybe provide that level of flexibility to um, some of your employees. So we're definitely seeing it in tech. I'm seeing it with lenders as well. I think there's a actually a huge just shift in work work how how people work overall.
2: I'm di- Your boy Ishbia. I'm dying to see him walk back everybody's got to go in the office thing, you know, because you know he doesn't want to. But there, you know, I, we'll see what happens there. I, 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 my prediction is he's going to have to walk that back.
0: Also, Rob, I love how every time you unmute they say something on the speaker
2: i don't know i I'm, rob chrisman please put his mask on <laughs> 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 right. I'm looking so over tell my us, what's
0: your philosophy on on the work from home and in that dynamic
1: did you say me or rich
0: yeah you rob
1: well, i'm i'm sitting here working in an airport um I, i'm very fortunate Brianna, that state, I'm able so to. Work, uh, uh, so I can so I so can work state, from anywhere there's internet, and some places where there aren't. So I was working on the airplane, so and, and so we'll work, you know I work six masters. days a week. I'm sending a commentary out six days a week, and so I I kind of work uh, seven sixes, I guess, uh, to some extent. But my hours are flexible. But what I'm hearing out there is exactly what you said, and that is. A lot of companies out there—they aren't towing the hard line, and they've seen companies like Goldman Sachs, who really is a hard line, come back to the office company, go to okay, we're going to postpone this a little bit, just because of the of this latest variant. And my question is, are we going to be dealing with variants for the rest of our lives? But that aside, I think that when you're when I'm talking to recruiters and owners of, of lenders that are out there. And the the discussions that they have with potential loan officers, now that we're starting a new year and it's easier for originators to make a switch, they are, you know, offering flexibility. That said, you have to remember that a lot of AEs, wholesale account executives and retail originators were working from home before the pandemic hit. And so the question is more terms of operations staff and, i i agree there, there's a there's you lose something culturally when you have all your doctorars and funders and underwriters and so forth working remotely um, you know i'm I'm a, I'm a fan of the office environment frankly but but if you're trying to recruit decent origination decent operations people you have to make concessions and uh, and that's what i'm seeing out there is is managers saying well you know we'd like you to come into the office you know, two or three days a week, at your choosing, um, and so they're trying to be flexible. We'll see how it goes. You know, it's it's a uh, it's uh, you know we are in uncharted territory in terms of this in terms of this work environment. So we'll see.
2: This is the rundown with Robin Rich, and I uh, have just a few minutes left with SnapDocs VP of Product Brianna Ings, and uh, I always forget to mention. Please subscribe for uh, to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. TMC Connect Podcast. It's actually where we get the most listeners uh, on our podcast, so I always like to mention it to the to the live audience. And uh, but the live audience, we went over today, Rob and Brianna, went over a thousand subscribers that uh, uh, subscribed to the rundown, the live version. So that was a nice little milestone and. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, what else, uh, the weekend plans, uh, Rob, what are you, uh, you've done with Yellowstone yet? I was telling Brianna, since you experienced the old I, West, the I, heard. That I heard, I heard, was really resonated with you.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised there's anybody in Montana left after uh, season three who oh. hasn't been uh, killed or, or wounded. The, uh, so I'm looking forward to season four. Do you want? Do you want a? Uh, do you want a spoiler? Uh, Rich, no, I'm, I'm
2: six episodes in this season four, so it doesn't wait. matter.
1: I, I, you know what? I'm going to spoil something for you. You ready? Uh, don't do it. Ready? Don't do it. Yeah, okay, no. I won't do it. I won't yeah. do it. Uh, I actually get to go to a Warriors game tonight. Oh, there go you to go. The Chase Center and check them out live. And, and the big fear right now is that Draymond Green is uh, going to require back surgery.
2: Mm. which
1: is not a good thing. But so I won't tell you about, uh, airport, Montana airport news and Yellowstone.
2: Hmm. I can't tell you how bad I feel for Draymond Green as a Cavs fan. So yeah. <laughs> he,
1: he's a, he's a cheerleader. He's the cheerleader.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'll be no, no, uh, no shortage. He won't, won't quiet his commentary. So. And Brianna, but, I imagine you're watching your buddy, Tom Brady.
0: I'm going to watch some football. And then uh, I've gotten into golf. So I'm going to play some golf this weekend. Where are you? I'm in San Diego. So you can play golf here all year round.
1: Uh, I went to UC San Diego.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, Yeah. we live in Point Loma. So
1: you
2: live in probably a gated community.
0: No, no, I'm in with with the normal folk.
2: (laughs) Forget about the pictures of meetings with presidents behind there. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, (laughs) the people. Yeah. (laughs) No.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And you're um, a Cavalier too, Brianna, I I noticed on your LinkedIn page, University of Virginia.
0: Yes, yeah. I'm a who type of Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go who's go. They're sadly embarrassing with basketball Everybody this season, but they take us through these embarrassing days. cycles. But we came out with the championship win, so, you know, can't ever forget that.
2: Can't take that <laughs> and away.
0: Yeah, I see Lacrosse, is solid though. Yes, lacrosse has always been really good at UVA.
2: Can't take that away. Just like my Cavaliers win over the Warriors in in the NBA Finals, coming down from a three one deficit, uh, also can't be taken away. But uh, yeah, so well, all the best to uh, the Virginia Cavaliers down the stretch. Has been a uh, weirdly off year for them so far. So I know. yeah. So um, well, to our attendees, thank you very much uh, as always for joining us. We're here every Friday at three p.m. Eastern with the rundown with Robin rich enjoy the NFL playoff action uh I can't wait for that this weekend for really really good games. so uh as always I'll be invested uh in in cheering for those investments so uh if you have no other rooting interest cheer for the over in the Buffalo Kansas City game uh, the 49ers plus six and uh Tennessee minus three and a half so uh but uh uh brianna thank you very much for joining us really enjoyed the conversation the insight uh hope we can have you back because this is going to be the one of the themes of uh as much as the non-qm people want to want to say non-qm is going to be the theme of uh 2022 it's going to be it's going to be e-close it's going to be movement in the industry it's going to be massive amounts of equity and how lenders are are taking advantage of that and how homeowners are and but uh be interested to hear you chronicle all the great progress we hope to continue to see on the eClose front as we go through 2022.
0: Yeah. And if anyone has specific questions, I'm super happy to help help you with anything. So my email is just brianna.ings at snapdocs.com. So you can see my name there on the screen. Um, and then you can always go to our website and book time with someone. Um, really, if you just want to hear what's going on, I'm happy to, or you're have some pain point or challenge, I'm more than happy to brainstorm with you. So don't hesitate to reach out and thank you so much. It was so great chatting with both of you.
1: Say hey to Aaron for me.
0: I will. And I'll tell him congratulations that you've been in following his story of his engagement.
1: No, he sent me, he sent me, he texted some photos to me. Oh, nice. And uh, so I, that they
2: were, they were very nice. Yeah. So anyway. Brianna.ings at SnapDocs.com or the SnapDocs website. A couple links that are uh, dropped in the chat or, of course, our entire team at TMC, SnapDocs, a great partner of ours. Uh, we can connect you with uh, all the right people and right information there as well. But uh, thanks again, Brianna. Rob, thank you for jumping on, even though you, uh, uh, you know, were mid-flight. You called in mid-flight. That's, that's commitment.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm there for you, Rich. That's good because I was don't questioning. Ever, don't
2: ever forget it. Beginning of the show, but you made me eat my words. As that's that, first time, first gave, time in fourteen months, you've made me eat my words. So
1: gave, gave that pilot that Chris five dollar bill and told him to hustle up, and here I am.
2: All right, until next Friday the at three. Pilots p- don't make as much as they used
1: to, so a little pilots, bit goes a long way.
2: Yeah, they. Uh, well, they, there's a rule, right? They can only fly so many, and then they got to like take days off, and right? It's uh, I guess kind of yeah. like doctor hours. Right. Yeah. So we'll have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, We'll see you next Friday at 3 p.m. This is the Rundown with Robin Rich and have a great weekend. Take care, guys.
0: Take care. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.